go. Another episode of TNT Weekly. I think I'm up to episode 29 now. That's just amazing for me. It's going to be a great show today. Very excited uh, about my guest. But first of all, I want to thank the Gibson Center so much for allowing me to tape here. Uh, it's been a great venue for me. Got to support the arts and culture in our community. They got some great events coming up. They have till... Uh, uh, December 19th, the seasonal market, beautiful, some great vendors up there. Uh, check out their website and see who's on, but these artists are, are just fantastic. And guess who's in town December 12th? Guess who? who? Santa! Oh, Santa's in town December Excellent. 12th. You gotta book this up, lock it up. Um, it's just awesome. So really great stuff here at the Gibson Center, and remember, a community without the arts and culture is just, it's nothing. There's nothing there. Nothing there at all. Awesome. Another shout out to the town of New Tech. Um, I just read last week, a week and a half ago, that um, through their council meetings, they're supporting uh, some services in need during this really, really crucial time of COVID. And they are supporting and bumping up some funding for the Gibson Center. So thank you, town of New Tech. Thank you also for supporting uh, the Out of Cold, Alliston's Out of the Cold program. I had them on the show a few episodes ago. New Tech stepped up to the plate. Thank you, councillors and mayor. I got the right shirt on here, look. We the further north, we the further north, that said New Tech rocks. On to the show now. This gentleman, I'm telling you, it's not the typical politician, okay? This gentleman I met some time ago, Absolutely phenomenal. Not surprised in uh, his position right now, in his career path into politics. Mr. Terry Dowdle, the MP for Simcoe Gray, I have with me today. How you doing, Terry? I am doing well, and I want to thank you so much for having me on your show today. My privilege. Thank you very much. I'm just going to read a little bit about this gentleman's uh, career path into politics. He has 18 years of municipal experience serving the township of Essa in the roles of mayor, deputy mayor, and council. He served as Simcoe uh, County Councilor for 15 years, from 2003 to 2018. He was elected in 2014 and, and in 2016 as the county's deputy warden. Additionally, he has served three terms on the board of directors for the Federation of Canadian Municipalities, an organization voicing the concerns of municipalities nationally since 1901. And I'll just tell you a personal story. In my journey into Alliston, and when I started the uh, Mill Pond Project in Alliston, I was just driving out. I was at Baxter and number 10, and there was a convenience store there in the corner. And I don't know what, I, I came in for something. And I journeyed in, and there's a few tables of some older gentlemen and chatting and having coffee. And a gentleman behind the counter with a baseball cap on introduced himself, said hi. How you doing? You know, uh, what's your name? I gave him my name. He said, what do you do? So I just, you know, I just moved in Alliston and I have a project going on, Mill Pond Medical Center in Alliston. I don't know if you heard about it. He said, yeah, yeah, I kind of heard about it. And says, uh, hi, I'm Terry Dowdle, the mayor of, of, of Essa. Could you bring in doctors into uh, Essa? Maybe we could look at that one day. And here we are. So, so nonchalant, down to earth. He's a businessman by heart. He knows, he knows that mechanics. Uh, of what community and small business needs. And how ironic that years later, we cross paths as you as the mayor and Essa, 
and he is really, really on the lead and responsible for bringing medical services into the community of Essa, along with the counselors at that time. So thank you very much, Terry. But listen, I'm going to lead it off with, with your intro, and as I do with all my guests, a little bit about Terry Dowdle and, and what brought you to this community, and we'll definitely get into the journey of politics, but you, uh, for those who don't know you, who is Terry Dowdle? Well, first of all, I want to thank you once again for having me on the show, Antonio, and, and uh, I remember that day very well when I had the opportunity to meet you, and uh, so thankful because we've uh, certainly helped so many people mm -hmm. in the community because of you. You had a great uh, business plan to bring to our community, so I was, uh, you know, I'm blessed that you, you showed up that day, and it's amazing <laughs> how things can happen yeah. happen over time, and I also want to talk to you at the beginning of your opening your show that it's, it's more important now than ever mm -hmm. uh, because of COVID that people out there... Uh, are supporting those programs that you've talked about here at the Gibson Center, those uh, programs, those non-for-profits. So uh, especially during December this time and, and same for small local businesses out, that are out there, this is the, the toughest time of year. So I just hope that uh, everyone who's watching this will do their part and, and certainly help them because you are right, without all these organizations that are around here to help our community, what would we have? It's a tough time. Tough time, tough time. So uh, Terry Dow, uh, I was originally born actually in Kitchener-Waterloo. And uh, I had a sales job, and and to be honest with you, what brought me up this way is uh, I, I had a cottage up in the Perry Sound area. So we would drive by, and I always said to myself, I didn't like to drive. It was it was pretty far yeah, always yeah, to yeah. come up in that. And I thought, it'd be nice to get closer. So uh, I actually got a, a sales position uh, up near Newmarket, and, and from there I moved to Baxter. Well, I lived in Barrie originally. This is about 30 years ago, actually. And uh, there was a building for sale in Baxter where you saw me and had a, a store in it at one time uh, that closed down, an empty building, and decided to buy it. So we purchased the property, I had a partner at that particular time, and we bought the property and opened up a variety store. I didn't think I would open up a general store on the corner there. Uh, best thing I ever did, though, I think, uh, next to getting married, of course, uh, <laughs> is it, because uh, it just allowed me a, an opportunity to see so many people in a day and get to know the community. Um, that general store, people would come in all the time. A lot of the people would, you know, they would be going to the Wasaga Beach. They would be coming home. They could work from Honda, going back to Angus. So I got to meet everyone because they would stop in for a bag of milk or, or movies or you know, anything that you might need, it really allowed me the opportunity to get to know them. So the day you came in, I knew over time you get to know all your customers, this is somebody new. Um, so I was, that's why I was curious, curious at the time. But uh, it really afforded me the opportunity uh, to get to know people. And, and from there, that is really how this all sprung about. And, and I love the area. This is a beautiful area. So I still, I still have a, a cottage up just past Perry Sound. So, yeah. so I'm closer now. I, yeah. I, I, I you know, that was my dream and it happened, thankfully. Yeah. Um, but I just love the area. This area is, is phenomenal. The, like, there's so many things here. Like, we have great farming community. We have, uh, you know, we're not that far if you need to go to the airport. But we're far enough from Toronto that, you know, yeah. and especially now during the COVID outbreak, our house prices here are going through the roof. Yeah. Uh, everyone wants <laughs> to come here. We have water that's close by. We have ski hills up uh, not that far if you want to go to the mountains. So the whole area here is, is fantastic. And, and to you as well, now that we're getting a few more medical clinics, those are the things that people are asking for that I don't know why, why anyone would want to live anywhere else, quite frankly. I'm not trying to spread the word too much. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want it to turn into a city, but I have to promote this community. It's amazing. It, it is incredible. It's still, uh, you know, people are friendly. 
is really nice. I go to Ottawa, as you know, I'm there 28 yeah. weeks, 30 weeks of the year. Yeah. Um, great city, don't get me wrong. The cities go fantastic. I, I grew up there. Yeah. yeah, beautiful, clean, nice city. Uh, but you know what? It's just a total different feeling here. The people are, you know, they're helpful. Uh, the community spirit is phenomenal when you're trying to fundraise for somebody. If someone's yeah. down in their luck, out in their luck, somebody's you know needs a wheelchair for instance or cancer or, yeah. or just so many things the community just it comes together and it's one of the safest communities uh in canada too yeah, as well yeah. so there's there's a lot of reasons to to move and to live certainly top in four top four in new right yeah, top yeah, four. there's a lot of reasons to to come here and we got you know honda canada we got a yeah. large manufacturing and we continue continue to grow and attract jobs we need to attract more high-tech jobs here yeah. uh, but that will come over time but it's just it's an absolutely beautiful mm. area. Like you could just spend the day. One of my hobbies is I have a motorcycle. I can just drive around the area. You know, when you look at the the riding of Simcoe Gray, yeah. and you can go from here and head over like to Creemore and just go onto the hills of Blue Mountain. Um, just phenomenal. Yeah. Just gorgeous, gorgeous area. It's gorgeous area. Gorgeous area. Um, thank you for that, uh, Terry. And, and your journey into politics now as an MP. Congratulations on that. And and I know you've kept your your sort of agenda very, very close to home for Simcoe Gray. Um, and looking into a bit of, of, of what, you know, you're passionate about, um, I, I, I was really taken back by your, your love of the base and our armed forces and the veterans and Borden, base Borden. And, and, and one of the priorities that I, I know you're canvassing very hard for is, you know, the care of, of those with mental health issues. And, you know, I, I, mental health, uh, it, it's, it's, it's debilitating um, and spans across in many sectors and demographics, uh, etc. But you're focusing on the base. Um, I heard, you know, we, I saw some of your tapes and videos in, in response to, to ministers on that, uh, on that subject. Um, and I was shocked by the amount of suicides in comparables to previous years. Yes. I don't know if this is COVID related uh, or what it is, but uh, can you update our listeners a little bit about your, your passion in this area and, 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 and how you want to care for our armed forces and veterans uh, more than, than what's been happening now from our government? I, I really appreciate that question. and. Uh, um, I've always had a close relationship with the base, uh, mm-hmm. being the past mayor of Essa, that uh, they're, they're within the boundaries of base. Agilatas is a small percentage. I want to give them a shout out as well. Yeah. Uh, but we've worked together closely through the years, whether it was uh, getting a bus service for them because people are stranded there. Um, and, and that's a lot of those individuals end up moving to our area because they love it here. So they transition as they have the military career. And then when they're done, a lot of them are choosing our area here because they they love it like you and I do. Yes. So, um, you know, there's a national strategy that the uh, that the Liberal government uh, brought up in 2017, which I thought was a, a good idea. So I'm going to give a shout-out to the Liberals. Uh, which you <laughs> See, won't get, I told you. You won't get tip- lots, but I will give a shout-out. Not the typical policy. Yeah. I told you. So, told so you. I think it was a great idea. Yeah. Um, and so we are, are funding it. And, and my questions uh, definitely to the minister and, and to uh, to the military is just exactly where are we? Are, are, we're investing money. Are, are we seeing a change? Are we seeing a difference? And uh, I've been lucky with the grassroots side, um, dealing with the local hospital here and, and Jody Levac, mm-hmm. who I'm sure you've met many times. Yeah, we had him on the show. Oh, uh, fantastic. So, so he's brought to light some of the um, 
you know, the tragedies that, that we've had when people have lost their lives. He told me one story where one, you know, really touched him when a young boy came in looking for his father and he was like six or seven years old and, and his father had uh, no longer committed suicide. So um, there's some frustration, but he's been working, um, you know, he brought it to light and said that maybe the base needs to look at, at different options to provide that service. We need a 24-7 service. So we've pushed... Um, and especially more now than ever with COVID, not, not just the military in our area. Uh, Christmas season is upon us. For many, that's the most challenging time yep. of year. Yep. A lot of loneliness. Seniors now that aren't allowed to see their kids because of this. Yep. Um, it's an extremely frustrating time. So we've been pushing. We actually did it this week in the House of Commons. Um, one of my colleagues, a Conservative colleague, um, Todd Doherty, from, uh, he's out west, brought forward a motion for a 988 number. So similar to 911, we are trying to implement a 988 number so that no matter where you are... Just for the base? No matter, no, for all, all, we want this for everyone. Okay. So no matter what happens out there, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling out, when you feel that life's no longer worth living, that you don't phone and not get an individual that's there. So what happens now is they have some great services. So I I, want to say that like there's 211, but they, they dispatch you to another area. Um, and just the confusion of who do I phone at that particular moment of time. Okay. So if we can find a way um, to have one number, 988, right across Canada. Just for mental health? For, just for that, a suicide, for just a suicide uh, phone line. So Great. anyone Great. thinks at that moment in time my life is, is, is not worth living, make it simple and make sure that it's manned. So we brought that forward this week, uh, twice point blank. We actually asked the Prime Minister uh, during question period, and he did not answer, which I was kind of frustrated. He did say they will look at options um, but unfortunately to your point I think it's partisan because it's our it was our idea to put it forward yeah um, which is unfortunate which is the wrong thing to do it should be it should be does it make sense a universal and will it, and will it save lives mm-hmm. and I think quite simply the answer to that is yes if you had that during that moment of frustration two things it has to be a simple number people remember and number two is we need someone in the other end of the line. It can't go to hold. No. You can't. No. You know what I mean? And it has to be 24 hours a day. So now more than ever because of COVID, we want to make sure that's out there. So we need to make sure, and that's what I brought forward. I, I can say that Minister, the Liberal uh, Minister of Defence, uh, um, Harjit Sejan, did say once, and I've quoted him before, losing one life is, is one too many. Mm-hmm. And I agree with him wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to make sure that... We have the supports there, and, and we'll continue to push because you know, unlike unlike an injury, as you would know in, the, in your profession working with medical, we, we know if someone has a broken leg, we know if they have a broken arm. You can't tell with mental illness, so it's silent. It's silent. So we need to make sure that uh, two things: a that the public understands and accepts that that is an issue that is around us all over the place. Yeah, and number two. We have to make it simple and do everything in our power to make sure that we have those services and help those people. Because, like I said, what, to, to hear that story of that young boy, yeah, you know, and, and being the one to tell that young boy, it, it's it's unfortunate. You know, when they commit suicide, it just affects so so many people, the whole family. Yeah, and uh, certainly from my perspective, it's it's one of the issues that uh, we need to work on. And and uh, and if you're going to have these strategies, I. I Involve everyone, and let's come up with some great solutions. Let's yeah. let's not be partisan. Um, and, and thinking about the base, and 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 just sticking with the base and and uh, the armed forces, I, it just comes to thought, Terry, and you would know this. Um, as far as budgets or bringing in services, does the armed forces would they be able to 
implement something a lot quicker than going through the political channels of approvals like them as a base with their budget, see a problem with mental health, then react on the base for their, for, for, for their population? Uh, my, my quick answer would be uh, yes. I, I would think for, especially for their own, for the base as its own entity. Yeah. The answer is yes. Whether they're building or they don't follow the same provincial guidelines yeah, or anything yeah. of that nature. So, um, if it's a priority, um, they can certainly move the ball uh, quick. Yeah. But I think in saying that, in order to provide um, great service, we need to um, look outside the box. Too. And take it across and, and, the board. Yeah. Like I think if we're really going to do it, make sure that we're there for the base. But the base is integrated in our community here. So I'm just saying. We could probably do something. This is my thought that jointly, we could work together to make sure that something was manned for those, for all of the hours. Do, do you know what I mean? And yeah, work, yeah. Work, And work together. I think that to me, that was that the process that that I thought that because a lot of them now are coming to our local hospital now if they yeah, need anything, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. we, for me, if we could tie it in with those specialties, and that's why I said like we can't work in silos, and and sometimes in government. Even ministries work in, and that's the unfortunate part that yeah. they don't really have that that connection cohesiveness. And two things come out of that: one is usually higher spending when you work in silos, and number two is is, is lower results. Yeah. Well, so. I I really love that idea and that concept nine eight eight number. We've been um, you know motorized to understand what nine one one is. Yeah. That's right, right. I, and, and, and panic or whatever. So you imagine a mobilizing a number that is embedded in everyone's mind, 988, strictly for the purposes of mental health, strictly for the purposes of getting someone on the other line, if you feel that way. I think that's ingenious. That's, I, I think, like I said, I was disappointed this week that, yeah. just, that the Prime Minister wouldn't said yes. Um, just from and like I said, I think it's partisan more than anything. But if you really care about people's lives, if you think it's to me, it's it's a no-brainer. It, it's it's yeah. just so simple to have that number at that moment in time, and it's it, it's it's all demographics. Yeah. It, it, so yeah. so that could help seniors that are you know lonely. Everybody. Teenage kids often you know yeah. unfortunately get mixed up into different things. At the moment in their life, they're not sure. You hear a lot of teenage suicides. We've had quite yeah. a few actually through the years in our area here, which is yep. so sad. Young yep. life that are giving it up. Yep. And you know what? Maybe that one number might have saved that individual. Yeah, I love that. Listeners, listen, not you know very often. I'm blessed to have our MP here uh, on the show. Here he is opening up. Listen, you know the way it works out there. Emails, letters. Who, you know, if we want to push this, and the listeners are really well, passionate about what you're talking about, Terry. What should they do? Well, I think a fan, Thank you so much. I, I think it, what they need to do is, is, is a lot of them have their own social media accounts. They follow you, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, send something out if they're in a writing. Send it to your MP. Send it to all the MPs if you can, and just say how important, how big of an issue is, and uh, how this could possibly be one way to hopefully save some lives so if you could if they could reach out i, I would appreciate that send a letter even to me in my uh, mp office mm -hmm. uh, i'm fine with that that i can forward on your behalf but uh you know if there's anyone else that's watching this that's outside of our catchment area uh mail to all mps whether whether you have an ndp or, or perhaps a, a liberal or a green party candidate mail them let them know how important this is and how it could actually save some lives yeah first time i've heard about a great idea a 988 number for mental health love it 
Great idea, Terry. Yeah. Um, another area you're very passionate about that I read up, cystic fibrosis is, uh, is very close and dear to you. Could you please elaborate? Sure. It's, uh, actually, that one came was, was one of the newer ones that, that I had, and it actually yeah. came about um, uh, when I was knocking doors. I, I met a family down in Tottenham, and uh, great, great guy and, uh, and his wife, and they had these three children, and two of them have cystic fibrosis. And he asked me, because we were busy knocking doors, would you, would you set up a time? I'd like to talk about cystic fibrosis with you and some of the challenges that we have. So I said, sure. So another day I went down, sat at his table, and, and uh, it opened my eyes to what he has to go through. He opened up his fridge and the different type of cocktails they have to have for those children. And, and the sad part of it is they have these drugs, new drugs that are out. Um, and his oldest boy, I, I believe, is, is the one that... He gets to take it because he's in worse condition to help him. The younger boy is taking another drug. He's not allowed to have that drug that's out there. But it would help him. But it would help him. You have to get to a certain degree of not being healthy in order to get the drug, which to me is, is crazy. So from from from, uh, from that family, it was the uh, um, Rock family. Oh, um, they opened my eyes, and, and I knocked on other doors. And then I found out that... They, you know, it was tough for them, like sending their kids out, lung disease, like it's terrible. And then I met other families. So I met the Van Stones, which uh, changed changed uh, some of the rules here in Ontario because Vets worked so hard. And then there's a fella, uh, Finn, up in, in Collingwood too. Uh, and they spend most of their lives, these kids, they keep going back to the hospitals. So it's, it's, it, it's expensive for these kids to go back to the hospitals all the time. And they grow up and if, if they get worse, they're not going to have a job. So then they won't, they won't be paying into the system. So the, so we're going to lose some. So so, to look at from a hard perspective, we should have these drugs for these individuals to make sure that they're healthy. Like if that was if that was my child, like it touched me. I'm I'm like touch wood. I have two daughters, both yeah. healthy. Yeah. Touch wood. God bless. Yeah. But yeah, you, you know, seeing them and what they have to go through, and then constantly worried that they're going to be back going into the hospitals. They're down there all the time, all the time. Any parent would say. Why would you wait for things to get worse? Let's let's make these drugs, ex, you know, and then they, they they carry on with a somewhat normal life. So to me, again, it, it was a no-brainer. Is there yeah. a cost? Certainly, is there a cost? So yeah. so as a conservative, sometimes you think about the cost aspect of things because there's always the economy. But by not giving those individuals, it's, they will actually become part of the system as they're later because they can't work. Where we're going to have to pay them to not work, as opposed to being. Uh, you know, contributing to society and going out to be able to work and be taxed and what they do. Yeah. So there's two. There's the hard side, and there's the financial side. So between the both, you hope that the governments would get it. So we've been pushing adamantly um, the provincial government and uh, certainly the federal government to change the rules and the regulations. We look like it looks like it's coming forward, mm -hmm. uh, which is good. Mm -hmm. So um, that's one of the things I want to have when it's all said and done. I want to. It's one of those issues that I want. I, I want to say it's something we don't have to worry about, you don't have to think about, and you know what, your kids have a good opportunity to live a normal life. And I think that should be an overhead. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Um, High-speed internet. I uh, yeah. ran into that and I did it, you know, I, I never or thought of that, right? I, I, I just never thought of that, and especially now with this onset of COVID and how the patterns have changed for companies and businesses and even government on how people are working and working from home now, etc. 
Um, I never thought about that need for rural high speed because how is it going to work? Yes. How, you know, right? Like, don't forget about us. So, you, you know, you were pretty passionate on that subject and it has to be escalated. There's a need for it. It has to happen right away. Um, and it makes total sense because I think this pivot into home office, mobile work modes, is going to stick around to some extent. On a post-COVID scenario, fine. Um, I, I believe it's gonna still have its presence. I mean, how do you see the element of high-speed internet hitting our rural areas in a prompt manner to at least fit in parallel with what's happening right now in this post-COVID world? Well, I, I would first begin by saying that the importance of high-speed internet, it is an infrastructure as, as important now as your roadways and your bridges it has come to that nowadays because yeah. that everything well said, yeah. everything is needs that and more now like to your point with covid uh, i agree with you i think it'll probably continue like this even post covid i think people it's changed the way people are working mm -hmm. and i can tell you local realtors have, have contacted me many as a matter of fact and when they're selling a house one of the key questions now in the sale of the house so it does affect the sale how is the internet what is the speed? So true. It, so it is so big, and there's so many people that want to live up here now. So uh, during COVID, more than ever, we've learned that uh, we don't have great high-speed internet throughout Simcoe Gray. Definitely this area too. Like we're just in this catchment area here, or new to Cumstead. Uh, everywhere, certainly there's there's pockets that are absolutely terrible, and there's pockets where the cost for those individuals now that they're home from work, mom and dad are both home doing their online work, yeah, and the kids are home doing their schooling, and then the odd one screaming. The bills are astronomical, so it's 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 a major major problem. So we we want to make sure that it's out there. We push the government. They're saying by 2031 everyone will be connected. We've said, and I've stood up in the House of Commons and said, that's too long. Yeah. We have to find a better way. So now they've increased it to 2026. They say, um, it it needs to be the number one priority. We found during COVID, we've thrown money out pretty well everywhere and we need to put the money to the things that are actually important and the things that will actually be important to keeping our economy going so that we continue to make money. Yeah. So um, we're continuing to push the government to speed that out. There's the only, the only thing I would say is that there's fundings from all different levels. And to me, looking at it, there seems to be a disconnect to your point of who's gonna get it, when are they gonna get it, um, and how it's gonna roll out. Yeah, that is probably the biggest part. I've heard too that there's problems sometimes that there's only so many companies that can uh, actually do it mm -hmm. if they do it all at once. Yeah, but certainly here when you know early in the show we we're saying like, look how close we are to Toronto. Look at the size of these communities. Um, it's it's not like we're up in the Yukon. So this area here, quite frankly, in our catchment area, when we're here in Ontario and where we are, everyone should have high speed internet. So we learned that during COVID more than ever. High speed is important with schooling. I don't know what's going to happen there over a yeah. period of time. Um, definitely more use for that. And, and we've learned that through COVID, how important it is. And the other thing that we've learned through COVID, um, which I think is, is extremely, extremely important, is that as a country, we need to make sure that there's certain products, certain product lines that, uh, that we manufacture and Canadians produce. Mm -hmm. um, so we've had problems with PPE, as you know, uh, yeah. that were there. And as Canadians, I know we often change chase the lowest dollar to buy stuff and, and that's I think the downfall of why we lost a lot of industry in our area because mm -hmm. we always want the lowest price but we've given up quality of product and we've also given up quality of life for individuals 
So I think what we need to do is is ensure that uh, you know we if we have another issue uh, at some point in time, a virus, or, or perhaps even I don't want to talk bleak, but if there's ever some uh, you know China and and uh, the rest of the world isn't getting along that great, if they ever did something military-wise or perhaps shut borders again on that. There's products out there that we have to make sure we have, whether it's uh, myself, I'm, I take high blood pressure pills, which isn't a big deal. I could probably live okay with it as long as no one stressed me out. I'd probably be fine, right? If, I, if we didn't have, but I'm just saying, there are certain products that we yeah. should be manufacturing here in Canada, and it's twofold. Number one, we'll, we won't ever have that problem. And number two, we're going to create jobs for some people here, which is a good thing. So Canadians may have to pay a little bit more for those products, Yeah. but wrapping your head around that it's better it's better for us as Canadians and better for us Canadians to make sure that we're not going to have a supply problem later on. Totally. And I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly, Terry, on, on that supply chain that you had just brought up. And you know what? I, remarkably, I, I kind of see a transition of, of buying locally here since COVID. I, I just see a, my mindset, you know, is I'm buying locally here. I don't even yeah. care if it's $5 more or so. I am buying from my local retailers in this community, right? We, we, we need that, Antonio, uh, more than ever. Yeah. And, and I'm hoping, like I said, out of COVID, it's, this is the worst thing, certainly in my lifetime, yeah. that we've had to live with the frustration of, of, of individuals. But if we can draw something positive about it, like I said, the internet and just the ability and the thought process to understand that we do need to be a little more self-sufficient. Yeah, yeah. And we're so talented. We, we have we're, we're so talented and you know what we're we're a rich, rich country yeah. rich resource country yeah. we're like you say technology wise absolutely um, there's no reason why we're not other than the fact I think often um, there's hindrances to companies yeah. to to locate here and, and those are the things we have to work, work with and certainly from a federal and a provincial perspective um, that we be on cognizance there's, there's a cost of doing business and we have to make sure that that uh, because of the global world now, we have to you have to be in line. Yeah, and we've we've we're not. Yeah, no, so I hear you. Got to change that. Yeah, thank you. Um, throne speech, you were not very happy about that, and you voted against that. And uh, inform our listeners a little bit about well, you know how that came about and what you didn't like hearing in in the throne speech and. Well, first of all, I, I was upset that uh, we would have another throne speech in under a year. Uh, I'm, I'm upset that we prorogued uh, the parliament. So, so right off the hop, even before the speech, I was a little bit disappointed to that fact because my offices here were open. We were extremely busy with COVID calls. Yeah. Service Canada closed. We're trying to move the ball down the field. People are having issues. Businesses are, are struggling. Are they getting the commercial rents? Are they? So these are all the issues we want. And the government prorogues for a couple months, so we're basically shut down. No bills get passed, no nothing, and people are scrambling. Local businesses here, I heard, for nonstop. So yeah. I was a little bit sour in the first place, uh, even before the speech came. Uh, and, and then w when the speech came out, I didn't hear a lot uh, about Internet for our area. I didn't hear a lot about uh, agriculture for, uh, for our farmers. Um, I heard, I heard um, you know, new ideas uh, moving forward. Uh, because of the pandemic, but I think we need to come out of the pandemic before we have any of these uh, these grandiose ideas of, of what society will become. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you know, we I certainly am frustrated and, and thoughts of, of more taxes on individuals at this moment in a time uh, to me isn't. If 
I don't know if they if they live in the, in the hill in Ottawa and don't see and go back to the ridings. I can tell you, um, there is a huge percentage of the population that's that's having a tough time because totally. of this COVID, as you know, totally. um, stressed because uh, they're getting payments. They don't know how long they're going to last. Are they going to get a job? Um, so, I don't think now is the time for for a reset. I think now is the time. Uh, to invest in Canada and Canadians for mm-hmm. sure, mm-hmm. but uh, I, like more taxes that they want to have, it's it's like if you buy groceries now and you two bags is seventy five bucks, hundred bucks for two little bags yeah. now. We're seeing inflation as you're going to store the cost of it. All those items get trucked in, um, they get shipped in. Everything you get is going to go up in price, and, and unfortunately, I think uh, you know certainly for the the current government, most of their seats are in Toronto where they have transportation that's there every minute or every two minutes mm-hmm. up here people choose this way of life they're driving to soccer games or there's a drive there's yeah. a drive to work you so you are going to continue to pay more and more and more and i don't think that's the money just can't go to government it has to stay in the community so these businesses survive and they boom and there's got to be you can't just go to work to pay bills there yeah. has to be that's when we get the stress and the people yeah. Yeah. so um i was just just more words that really didn't mean a whole lot. Like I said, uh, the, didn't help the agricultural business. Didn't help, uh, you know. Certainly not internet. It's it's just words. It's word salad. Yeah. And none of it. None of its actions. It's when I sit there, and that's the unfortunate part. And and there was really no point in the in paroguing during a. Like I said, uh, during COVID, my office is never closed. I I was open every day. Some seniors don't have internet, so I could have closed. There's uh, MPs that close their offices, but they don't have internet. They don't know how to get a hold of us. So the government, during a crisis, more than anybody in my mind, should be forefront mm-hmm. to make sure they help. So mm-hmm. very very disappointed and disillusioned. I, 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 you know we. We have a lot of differences, certainly uh, conservatives and liberals into the pot. But there wasn't enough about the economy. Like there was no, no long-range goal. Um, you know, the liberals seem to be very, very good at at, uh, at the expense side of the ledger. Yeah. But there's never any discussion on the revenue side to say, okay, how are we going to pay for that side of the ledger? And uh, even now, like all this money that we're spending, I don't know if you saw uh, yesterday. Um, 800,000 people are getting the SERP. I did see that, yeah. So there's 800,000. Ineligible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 800,000, it's 1.7 billion. What could 1.7 billion do? Yeah. We yeah. want to make sure we support those that need to be supported. Mm-hmm. But we need to question, and that's our role to question, how, why are we giving money to certain sectors? And also, how, how, how are we going to come out? What's a long-range goal? And we haven't, since I've been there, this is the longest time in Canadian history, there is no budget. We have not seen a budget since I've been there, and we probably won't. We don't know when we will see a budget. We know it's bad. Everyone knows it's bad because yeah. we spent four hundred billion, over four hundred billion dollars to, to to be where we are today. And 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 the sad part is we're eight months in. We're no further ahead, other than expense, really, for the most part. Um, so four hundred. We we know it's bad. Other provinces are doing budgets. This is our government. This is the government of Canada. We should have a budget to see where we're going. And and that's the concern um, that that. I have it's it's the concern that that the conservative party has that at the end of the day it's not about me at my age I, I'm fine Tony Antonio I can I can eat craft dinner really probably now to the day I die I'll get sick of it but I could probably do it as my age a lot of pasta a lot, a lot of, of pasta, pasta. That's, yeah, right. Right. that's a lot of pasta but but I worry about my daughters 
Yeah, I do, and and I just say to myself, it, it has to be sustainable, and I don't want I don't want um, like we're spending all their money now, and I know we're in a pandemic, and let's help those individuals, let's help those corporations that are, that, that really need it, and those local businesses, seniors. But now I could see I give them credit first because they got all the money out there quick, but after that there should have been a pause and a talk to come up with a game plan to make sure that it's actually going where it's supposed to. And we're going in the hole. Um, the budget is, it'll be unbelievable when it comes out. And, uh, you know, where, how are they going to get that $1.7 billion back, you know? Well, that, you know, uh, that safety net, listen, was imperative. I mean, unpre unprecedented times. I agree. When a complete shutdown happened. 100%. You know, we never could have imagined this in our lifetime. And it, it really made everyone think of how delicate we are in this planet. Um, but, you know, we know our, the next generations are paying for this. 100%. And, uh, and they're as, you, as you just said, uh, at our age, I'm looking at, you know, my children and they're going to be paying for this. I, you know, we, we know that. That's right. And, you know, it's not free. That's right, and so we have to be cognizant of that. But there's issues out there too. Where, as an example, is is um, you know, there's there's businesses now that are out there that can't get employees back because they only work two or three days a week. That's all they wanted. They're semi-retired, which yeah. is okay. So they were getting two hundred or three hundred dollars, basically a hundred a day. They're getting five hundred, and they're actually telling their employers they're not coming back till the till till the serve is done, which yeah. is uh, the last day of June. Yeah. So we have we. The, the unemployment rate isn't realistic that we have now mm -hmm. um, because there are some jobs out there that aren't getting filled in now because they are getting the $500. So that, that's all we're saying. I want to make sure that if you need the help, we want to get you the help. There's no doubt about that, that there's, there's segments of society that were drastically affected by COVID. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that being said, there, there are many that didn't need the money that was out there to be honest with you so that's what we're trying to because we it's their debt you're 100 percent right your kids they're going to be paying this for years and years and years and yeah. and this covid um certainly as you know the news is good news that there's going to be a vaccine at some point in time but realistically what we're told is is next december perhaps and probably january of the next year is what we're hearing in yeah. ottawa that's yeah. the numbers we're hearing so so we're a, quite a ways away and then even then, who are they going to send it to? Um, you would think they would do it to the frontline workers. They do it for the military, of course, and also seniors. So it'll be a while before a problem. I would assume. I'm not in charge of that, so I yeah. just want to. Yeah. But um, during that period of time, we are going to have to make sure that we exist as a society, that we can't just hide. Um, so for us, the key is, is going to be, and what we pushed as conservatives, is we need rapid testing, uh, quick testing. And I've used some of those that aren't, they're not, I shouldn't say that because Health Canada will probably go to jail if they're watching this. But uh, they're, they're sold in the United States and they're sold in the, in the United Kingdom. Uh, and we had them here. They weren't sold. They were. It was just a, a trial. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, it took less than three minutes to get a test. It's a blood test. So I'm not sure why Health Canada is stalling it so much mm -hmm. uh, when they're selling millions of units in these other countries. Yeah. Um, I can understand Health Canada when it's something you ingest and it's a chemical or whatever it might be. But... Uh, we are going to have to learn to find a way to live within the environment we have. Uh, COVID's like a monster outside. We have to find a way to be out there while the monster's still there. And, and to me, it's it's rapid testing and still continuing to follow the guidelines. Yeah. 
and because we need to make sure that people are still out and about because we talked earlier about mental health whether it's a young kid in school um, just people in general not talking to one another we are going to have so many other issues um, to deal with yeah. if, if we continue in the format we are yeah no I totally agree just a question for you that that just come to light now I mean in your in, in your status of, of MP and going to Ottawa and COVID sets in do you feel because I know for many other services the video environment is very difficult uh, to transcend your message and very easy path to dodge and importance and a delay and a this and a that you know I, I'm sensing from you and I've se- actually I sensed it in in some of your videos like I guess not being in the house it's and and not being able to look at someone and not being able to walk out into the alley and maybe have a conversation it's I mean that human interaction for getting things done I'm sensing, Terry, you, you, you must be missing that. I, uh, it's totally different than the first few months I was there. And I can tell you, um, for us, yeah, the committees, it's not the same. It, it, you know, even, you know, as a new MP, they would sit beside you as, as, as a veteran MP in your group. I'm a national defense. I'm one of the four uh, representatives of the Conservatives on National Defense. Um, you learn from those people because they're sitting beside you. Now you're sitting in your office or sitting in your house. Um, and it doesn't seem you don't you lose that it's 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 two dimensional right it, it doesn't have the same effect and the other side you, you hit the nail on the head which a lot of people don't realize um, is that that opportunity to even talk to the other party at some point and even though we have you see us on question period it looks like we would love to go and, and have gloves off boxing match uh, when it's all said and done we were on committees with some of those individuals yeah and yeah. we get to know and, and i remember the one night it was a sunday night i usually drive sunday afternoon like this sunday i'll be going to ottawa uh i leave before it's dark because i don't want to hit a deer there's always woods going into ottawa when you're there so i try and get there before dark and i got there and i thought i wanted to go out for something to eat and um so i went out to eat and it was kind of interesting because it's people think oh it must be great to go there but sometimes it's kind of a little bit quiet too and long yeah. especially covid now it's totally different but so i went into this uh, restaurant and there's families laughing and all that. And you're by yourself. I took my little iPad with me to go in to have a bite to eat. And there was an NDP guy sitting over there all by himself. So I just I went over to him and said, hi. <laughs> I was relatively new. And the two conservative NDP. Probably the two the, lonely politicians. Yeah, yeah one side to the other. So I went up to him and talked to him. And we sat down and uh, we had dinner. We had a great talk. We just didn't talk about politics a lot. But uh, because yeah. we definitely... But, yeah, you lose that. So now totally. when I, I know him now when I see him in the halls of the House of Commons or, or if I'm on a committee or if there's, you know, a lot of us have the same, you know, thoughts or interests like that, that make us similar. Like even though we have different parties of how you get there, we have the same concerns. Yeah. So that's really lost. Like you said, when you have the opportunity, um, you know, I've talked to the minister, like I said, say, Jen, about yeah. the suicide. I got up in the middle uh, on a break, he was waiting there. He wanted to talk to me. Um, you don't have that, and and yeah. and you get zoomed out. To be honest with you, that your mind—it's it, not the same. Yeah. Uh, as as going to a committee and, and seeing, like even what we're doing here now, I'm glad that we're here together. Yeah. The well, zoom, it, wouldn't, it, it, it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be the same feeling, and and that's you're you're 100 right that. Yeah. And people, it's not just for me and, and my conservative colleagues. It's it's for all of that that yeah. that. It is lost and, and it's just it's it's you get 
tired of it too, to be honest. Like the other day I was on at my house from 8.30 to a quarter to nine at night. Yeah. I had meeting, it was constant from 8.30. Watching a screen that long is, is just, I, like I said, it's just, and it's just not, and you can't see the whole page, like if there's, depending on, so you, like there's. Yeah. Well, imagine you're on with six people. No, but no, I. I like we're on with like our conservative, there's 121 of us on. I like see. every Wednesday we're on for three hours. Yeah. So there's some, it's just not the same as in the room and someone stands up and has a comment or a question. You know what I mean? And you Terry, can, I could sense that. And, it, and it's no, night and day. Yeah. And you're right. You, and so, and knowing you and knowing, you know, you're, you're so personable and so passionate and so it's educated tough. on many different subjects, life subjects. You know, you need that communication. And even if it is the opposition, I mean, it, it's amazing how a conversation can take you somewhere unexpectedly. Exactly. Like a, a good example is, is cystic fibrosis. That started out a lot of conservatives yeah. were, were probably, well, that kind of excited me because I just got elected and I went to one guy, Martin Bow, uh, um, Martin Shields from Bow River. He stood up and said, I'm going to start this committee if anyone wants to, we want to tackle cystic fibrosis and bring an awareness to it. So yeah. I went up to him at the end, right? One of my first meetings, said, wow, I was excited. This guy's on the same wavelength as I am. And yeah. we started. And you know what? We started, we started pushing the envelope. We worked with some of the organizations. And then, and you know what? Some of the liberals came on board, which is good because they're in government. We yeah. need that. Yeah. So some of them came on and, and uh, that's good. Like I said, so there's the similarities that we can work together and hopefully come up with a solution. At the end of the day, whoever has the idea, I don't care, as long as as long as long it makes things better. Yeah. That's what it should be. Absolutely. But unfortunately in politics, and I think the higher, the higher you go, the worse that sometimes is, that, yeah. that it's, it's, it's your idea, and since it's your idea, it's no good. Yeah. But if it was our idea, it would be an awesome idea, but you know, we're not in power. Yeah. Or, so the, you really need to have a, a majority government in order to, to get your ideas out. Yeah, there. get it out. Um, going ahead, I've got a listener. I, I reached out uh, when I knew you were coming on the show, and uh, a good friend of mine and a listener brought a question to the table here, and I'm and I'm going to sure. give you that question, Terry. Um, what is being done on condo insurance rate hikes for seniors? The increases have been over 100 percent, and some seniors on limited retirement incomes can absorb such a hike in premiums passed through their condo fees. Insurance companies lump all condo corps into one category. The most claims come from high-rise condos in Toronto, and condos in Alliston pay the price for the loss even though they have been claim-free for years. Uh, good question, that came from Kevin Marshall, one of my listeners, thank you so much. He says there needs to be change. Terry? I think, uh, first of all, great question, and, and it's one that my office has had uh, quite a few calls on, especially there's quite a few condos uh, right here in Alliston area and out, yeah. out towards uh, um, the Narasaga Inn. We uh, we recognize it. I recognize it. I actually have a commercial building now that just went up. I couldn't believe the increase and I just phoned my broker back. I'm waiting for a call. Um, astronomically. So I talked to another uh, insurance agent and unfortunately the insurance company, a lot of them don't, they don't want certain books of business anymore. It's almost like they don't want it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we push, we push it to Jim Wilson because it's a lot of it's provincial legislation, yeah. the insurance yeah. itself. Yeah. So Jim's uh, brought it up. I don't know if you saw as well. Um, I'm going to go back to Ottawa. It's one of the things, like I said, I'm going this week. I'm getting a lot of calls in general about, about the increase. Uh, like no one's getting a cost of living uh, comparative to, to these insurance claims. So um, most of what he's talking about, unfortunately, not to pass the buck, but is, is provincial 
in, in the fact that uh, they're the ones that that'll take take care of that. And I know Jim Wilson's been extremely frustrated as well because senior, yeah, they're on a fixed income. You can't double you can't double your insurance and think it's not going to affect those individuals. So um, I'm going to bring it up to in Ottawa because not just that insurance, but insurance in general. Um, I don't know. I, to be honest with you, I wish I knew the answer. No other provinces have provincial insurance. Their car insurance is a lot cheaper than it is here, here in, in Ontario. Ontario. Okay. So I don't know if that's something that, that we can look at um, because to me it's, I often get frustrated because here, here they're seniors um, and we hear governments always saying they want affordable living. Well, how can you have affordable living when that's not like they're going out for dinner and this is something you need to have. You need to have insurance. Yeah. You need yeah. to have electricity. The things you need are unaffordable now. Yeah. And that's, we have a big disconnect in government. So um, I'll, I'll bring it up more. I don't, I wish I could give them, this is the answer on yeah. that. Yeah. Um, certainly, I'm sure I'm, I, that individual has, I'm sure, gotten a hold of Jim Wilson's office as well. Jim, no, Jim. Kevin, talk, get in, talk, to, talk to Jim Wilson Jim as Wilson, well. Jim Wilson, Kevin, he'll get you the uh, answer. Yeah, Kevin. And we will definitely, like I said, when I'm not, it, it is an issue that, that I'm hearing more and more about. And, and the problem is more, more people probably. Um, if they have to choose between food or insurance, they're going to choose food, and there's going to be people that are going to have issues or problems, and then they're going to be in, then there'll be a bigger problem. So okay. we have to make sure we find a way. Um, it's a major, major problem. So I know about it, yeah. and and I don't, I can't give you. The, I, I wish I could give them the answer, but okay. definitely we'll bring it to light. For superb, time. superb. Yeah. Um, another area too. I just you know before we end the show, and and because of the podcast, I've had the you know the honor and the pleasure to find out uh, a bit more of, of some of our wonderful organizations in our community. And, and you know, uh, as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm connected here with uh, a lot of my colleagues, medical physicians, etc. And um, I had uh, Jody Levesque on the show and Rachel Ogorek uh, on the show to talk about um, the redevelopment plans, etc. And I got to understand it a little bit more. Uh, sometimes I feel like I'm living under a rock, but why I love this podcast so much is, is I'm, it's opening my eyes to how beautiful this community is and sure. everybody in it, right, and getting to know them. Um, you know, the Nottawasaga Foundation with Mr. Lou Biffis and Sylvia, you know, their support. Um, you know, this hospital now is in a time frame about, I'd say, about 18 months to get that community support lump sum of money. That's right. uh, Simcoe County has been in the mix there, helping them quite a bit. Uh, a lot of private uh, support here in this community. And I, you know, I believe I know the answer. I mean, I think it's a provincial matter. But you as an MP, um, Simcoe Gray, uh, is there anything that you can run from the top? You know, it all flows from the top. Yep. Uh, is there something, well, Terry, you know, in, in that area, this this hospital needs support? I know you're connected yeah, to it. I yeah. know you're close I was, to it. I, I was lucky, uh, Antonio, I was part of the county at the time. Uh, I was one of the ones that got to vote that they, got, they were getting their uh, sum of money to start. So I was, I was one of the individuals that, that was there. So this this project, as you know, has been going on for a few yeah, years yeah. Uh, to get there. And there's been a stall at the province, uh, timeline-wise. And, and Jody's been... Uh, endless and, and Sylvia's unbelievable the passion that she's had. She's incredible. Re she's reached out to me. Um, they want to see a hospital and the whole community does, yeah, quite frankly. Yeah. And, and they are getting support. I know Honda Canada yeah. is another one. Um, and, and, you know, we, we hope, like I talked to Jim, Jim, as you know, Jim Wilson's not running again. Yeah. His goal is to make sure that he sees the redevelopment 
before he's done. That's one of the things that he's he's always wanted, and uh, for his sake, I, I certainly hope that happens. Uh, I there's a couple things I brought forward before, certainly from the municipal level, and this 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 is to the province, and I'll say this now if anyone's listening. Number number one thing we should do is is no matter what we build, it's it's going to be too small. It's always the way it goes. Yeah. Uh, by the time they get the funding, will be you'll realize that, that it's too small. So yeah. um, there should be, there's development charges on every new house that's built. And for some reason, the province doesn't allow it for hospitals. And I've said uh, for many, many years, there's so many good people on these boards that are out begging, begging people to, you know, donate to this hospital. Like they're, It's amazing, like you say, those individuals, what, what they want to do, people on the board to make sure that this happens. Yeah. But if you had it factored in like they do for libraries that are always part of your development charge for your fire hall, it's part of the fee of there. And and, and you know what? You would know then exactly the size of your community, how it's going to grow, and that each little piece of that pie would pay for it. So if you've already had a hospital here, you don't have to pay it anymore because you did your development. The only reason we need to expand it is because my neighbor next door came. So over that period of time, there would be a guaranteed amount that you could bank on to make sure that you had some money as the growth went along. So number one, that should be, in my mind still, should be the number one factor. And developers, as much as they don't want to pay more, I think a lot of them donate to the hospital eventually. They're the ones that they hit up. So it's really, it, it, this way it's just guaranteed into a number, which is good. You know, this is where we'll be. Yeah. This is where we'll have to expand. There'll always be some money coming in. From the federal perspective, I think, and I believe, and, and, and uh, right from day one, healthcare is a thing I hear a lot about. We are more like the dad that gives the money out and then someone else decides, the province decides exactly where it's to go and, and what it's supposed to do. Yeah. But I think, and I've always said, and I've said when I ran for the nomination as well, yeah. healthcare is, in my, in my mind, is, is underfunded and it's always been underfunded. Yeah. When I see these people out here begging, just have a hospital. It's not like we're, like it's something we have to have and it's something that serves when you're born and when you die and everything in between. You're yeah. going to the hospital, right? Yeah. It's important yeah. healthcare. Yeah. So I've always said, and I will say that that, that that transfer should be larger. So so how do we get there without terms? We give out money to so many places in the world, arbitrarily, and we have some real issues here. We have some issues of homelessness. We have issues of, of, of yeah. Of, of you know dr drugs we have seniors that have you know, no money to get along we have hospitals that like Stevenson is, is phenomenal hospital um, what they do for what they have there is, is mind-boggling yeah. it is and, and in fact it'd almost be better if they did a lousy job and we heard more about it that people were out in the streets and you know what I mean which is off don't ever do that but yeah. I'm just saying yeah. no. in general but I think we need to up that amount of money as, as, as a government and I and cut back in places that, that we don't need. And a lot of that, like I said, is we give a quarter billion dollars to China for infrastructure. I have no idea why we're doing that. When we could be here doing it here, we have issues here we should be spending on to help people. So yeah. from my perspective, I've had meetings with Jody. I've had meetings with Sylvia. And uh, I'm looking at it's tough from the federal perspective. We're hoping with the base there might even be a tie-in because uh, I don't know if you know that some of the doctors to get their hours, they've been working in the hospital there. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to continue to work that hopefully if there's some kind of the funding rationale of something, or even if you build it in some some way, the current government, if it's under a, a green energy program, uh, we're we're going to try and come up with some money. But in the interim, I'm just you know I promote the hospital like you do, and and, and tell people how important it is. Yeah. Um, and I, I'll give a shout out now that they have an event coming up this this Friday. I guess we'll be on the air after that. But uh, hopefully, people like I said at the, the beginning of this podcast, now more than ever, all of us. Mm -hmm. 
have to continue to make sure we find a way, and I know it's tough, to support these organizations because they're there for us. And, and if, if we don't, the communities won't be yeah. why we're here. Yeah. They, they really won't. So to me, it's really important. So I'm going to try, like I said, from my perspective, I got my guy, we were on a, a, I was on a call with Jody last week mm-hmm. um, and my senior uh, policy advisor in Ottawa just saying, is there any angle from the federal perspective that we can help to, uh, to move that ball? But I'm certainly, like I said, I'm behind them. I know you are. 110%. Because yeah. I, you know, I go in that hospital. I've been there. I broke my nose. I played hockey. Cup, yeah. And they are phenomenal. It's like yeah. the, the staff there has been unbelievable. You may sit out in the middle of, a, of an aisle, but they're taking care of you. They're the best. Uh, and you, you're in and out so quick. And, and you just see the numbers and how well they've done yeah. in the provincial when they show the, the different averages. I know. And, and to I see know. what they do in that small hospital. Yeah, it's amazing. Is, is mind-boggling. Yeah. And, and you know what? They, they do a great job. And... and Everyone that works there, what I like, are so supportive and want to see it grow too. You, yeah. know, you know what I mean? Like, they, they, I think half of them would give the paychecks to, to put the money in that actually work there because they're just so proud to work in that hospital. Yeah, so for sure. Hopefully people continue to support all their programs and, and all the businesses out there. If you support their businesses, hopefully some of those businesses will, will support the hospital and their endeavor. But I know you're the same. You, you realize how important healthcare is and I'm yeah. sure certainly in your podcast and I just know you you walking around the streets that you'll be pushing yeah. the hospital as well because it's to me again like when you look at the age of that hospital and you look at the growth and uh, now we just got an MZO I seen down in Beaton that there's going to be another big all these people are coming and, and it just makes absolutely no sense to me that there shouldn't be a tie-in to that increase in population to have a guaranteed factor to know that the hospital will continue to be successful. Yeah. And that's, yeah. to me, it's shocking yeah. that it's never, it's it, it, mind-boggling. Jody brought up something uh, in the podcast, and I love the idea. It, it just makes total sense, right? But um, uh, he was going to go for a deputation and, and it brought this up. But, you know, the development fees for developers yeah. tie in some money into the development fees. Yeah, that's the development charge. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah those yeah, development charges, yeah, that's, that goes to your roads, your hospitals. Like every town does it on every house. That is the way to should go. should be. Like, it just makes talk. sense. It, to me, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. To me, it's it's one yeah. of those things that... And developers would be happy. Because they usually end up donating money at the end, of it, but at least you can yeah. plan for the growth. Yeah. You know exactly, okay, it goes into a bank, the, the town does it, and then all of a sudden they have enough yeah. money that they have to build, you know, another fire hall because we have X amount of people here. Yeah. We have to be an X amount of time. But you know what? Hey, look, we got we got the money saved up because as we grow, it's here, and yeah. we don't have to go cap in hand like the poor hospital has to go. Like it's unbelievable, cap in hand, just trying to get whatever dollar they can get. Yeah, and good people that are on the board. Like I can't believe those people. They don't get paid anything. I know, and they just work and work and work yeah. to try and get these th- these buildings off the ground. And yeah. and for me, I think it's our governments at all level uh, not realizing. And put it, putting enough into the healthcare itself because totally. it, we need healthy people. Yeah. Like we, it should be tied into your growth. Like if a subdivision's coming, if you don't have the healthcare for those individuals, we're not doing our part. No, no we're no. not doing our part. No. So we have to. We should change the way it's the way it's done. And, and the development charge for me is always the one that I, I brought up years, years. I can tell. I asked Jody. Um, and why the province won't is beyond me. But if not, like I said earlier, I still believe the federal government in, yeah. in the role that I'm at, uh, we don't put enough money into healthcare. Gotcha. Yeah. Man, this has been a blast, Derek. 
It's fun. I'm, I, I, you know, it's great. As soon as I knew it was you, I was wondering at first when it came through to my, wondering who was who was doing this with this podcast. I didn't know you were in the podcast business, and then I said, "Well, I got to go see my man." I got to show up for sure. And I'm glad. I'm glad I did. It's, yeah. it's certainly a lot of fun. It's great to see you looking. You're looking fantastic. You're a lean machine. Thank you, man. It's unbelievable. Thank you, man. Hey. Thank you, man. It's this community. Dude. Yeah. No, no. It's all. It's all good. Uh, Listen, in case I miss something, Terry, you know, you're, you're the type of guy I could go on with you for hours and hours and you're so passionate. You know, did I miss anything? If there's something you want to say, uh, something you want to focus on. I know COVID is the big, big yeah. subject. Yeah. You know, we all know that, but, uh, you know, stage is yours. You have something uh, to say? I, I would just like to say, especially, I said it earlier, but I'll say it again. We're, yeah. going, in, we're going into the Christmas season. Two things. Number one, look out for your neighbor. You know, make sure... Like I said, there's there's a lot of issues out there. People are stressed. Help your neighbor. And, and the second I'd say is local businesses here. I know you got your BIAs and your chambers, and I've been on a lot of calls with them. Um, they're having a tough time. They may not tell you that. They may not show you that. They're mm-hmm. proud people. Mm-hmm. Um, so do your best. A lot of people are ordering stuff online. Seems to be the new thing to do. Yeah. Uh, but if you want these businesses to survive that are out there, we as individuals need to do that effort. Do your social distance. Wear your mask. But you know what? Get out there and support them because they are the ones that support like where we are here to do at the centers. It's the local businesses yeah. that really make our community. So so that can't be lost. And, and, and I stress more than ever, uh, do your part, get out and, uh, and, and try and help them weather the storm until things get better. Thank you, Terry Dow. When we go blue, Okay, this man candidate from you're still going to come on the show being a minister. Oh, I would I would always come on your show. Are you kidding me? Oh man, sure. oh man, sure. oh man. Maybe we can go on. Maybe we can actually have you on on the road and you come to Ottawa. And do it. Oh, I'd love it. I'd we, love it. I'll can, do that. We I'll can do, do that. that. I love it, Terry. Our MP, Mr. Terry Dowdle. Uh, amazing. Thank you so much, Terry, for being on the show. It's been a blast. You know what? Instead of MP, I, I'm in your case, MP. Mr. Perfect, oh, here it is, yeah. right here, okay, all right. So I'm going to give you the phone number for my wife, because you can call her. <laughs> that, that title won't last long. <laughs> Terry Dowell, thank you very much. We'll see you on the next episode of TNT Weekly. Thank you for listening. Over and out. Take care. Bam! Oh, that's awesome.